Hey guys, welcome to the Sports Dance Podcast with Greg and James. I'm still the second part. James here coming at you and with me, as always, on episode two, the creative force, founder, grand poobah of the Sports Stance website. It's Greg Cowan, everybody. What's happening, Greg? Oh, not much, guys. Just, you know, hanging around, getting ready to talk some sports here. My stance on a few things. Kind of interested to talk about NBA playoffs. Getting a little bit of Space Jam news. Didn't ever think I was going to say that again. We got a lot to talk about on episode two here today. Um, you're kind of spoiling, kind of stepping on my toes already. That's good. I like I it. I like it. I'm the, I am the owner and the founder. I can do what I want. Yeah, okay. Owner is an interesting word. But, all right, so fine. So I pay the do- bills. <laughs> bills. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> anyway, so we got a lot to talk about today on episode two. Um, like you said, we got a lot of NBA stuff going on. A few uh, round two action. Um, you know, we got some OKC Spurs talk. We got a little bit of Heat Raptors talk. We got a tiny little bit of, I guess we can talk about Cleveland, Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then Golden State and Portland as well. Uh, we're going to dive into a little bit of the news concerning Space Jam 2. Uh, we both got some pretty serious opinions on this so far. I mean, childhood memories could be ruined. <laughs> yeah, or improved, um, probably the first one. And then we have uh, a little bit of MLB. We're going to touch on some stuff, including some Bryce Harper's new Under Armour deal, uh, and then a few of what, you know, kind of early projections and things that we're noticing early on this season. Um, before we get into all that, Greg, do you want to just quickly, we, we waited until the end last time to do all the sports <laughs> and the social media handles. Why don't you go ahead and get that out of the way right now? Yeah, let's now. get that out of the way right to begin with. So again, if you aren't following us or you are, you already kind of know some of these. But if, for those of you who are listening for the first time, maybe second time, our Twitter handle is sportsstance underscore. Uh, so that's S-P-O-R-T-S-S again, T-A-N-C-E underscore. Then you got our Instagram, which is the sportsstance. That's the same as our Vine account. If you have any issues with the Vine account, you can always just click on our loop count on our Twitter because, you know, we're super popular. <laughs> Got one of our Vines has, like, over 250,000 views. It's really impressive. What? Don't know how that happened. I think there was a glitch, but I'm not going to question it. Then uh, we have our Facebook page, which is the Sports Stance. Got to get better at updating that. But in general, come on, we all know it's the older viewers that use Facebook. So for all you young, hip people, just use Twitter, Instagram, Vine. Hit us up on that. Give us your stances on some of the topics that we talk about today. Let us know what you think. And again, check us out on our first episode on iTunes if you want. Just type in the Sports Center there. You can now find us on iTunes, so we're legit. Beautiful. All right, let's get into it. Uh, a lot's happened since we last convened, Greg. Um, everything is different. Drake's album is out. Yeah. Things are happening. The world has changed. The world's changed. One thing that hasn't changed is the NBA playoffs continues to trudge along. And we are right now, uh, as we sit, we have a couple of series that are underway. The West is uh, at two games down. Finally into round two. Finally into round two. And then the East uh, has been has played one game on each side of the series there. We'll start in the West here. Um, and I guess I'll just go around. We'll, we'll start with OKC in San Antonio. Um, San Antonio, the first game, um, just spanked. Just absolutely Ooh, yeah. mutilated OKC. It was not that fun to watch if you're an OKC fan. No, um, it, was a, it was a tidal wave of pain. It was not, yeah. So they were up by like 30 at one point or something like that. Something like that. I, I'm not totally exactly sure the amount that they were up. I, I kind of like was flipping back and forth in this game because it was all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, like within a couple seconds, like it, it, it got, things got out of hand pretty quickly. The ball tipped off and the Spurs had a 20-point lead. Yeah, it basically, it's basically what happened. But that's, that's not the most interesting game to talk about. The one that we want to talk about is the one a couple nights ago. So OKC squeaks out uh, 
against San Antonio. Steals one at home. The more important thing is um, the refereeing in that game, the officiating, has been, you know, rightly criticized. Uh, yeah, I would say so. I mean, for those of you who didn't see the last few seconds of that game, the Waiters had an interesting inbounds play with Ginobili that kind of got everybody's attention wondering, how was it possible? How did no ref on the court see this when literally everybody in this whole arena saw what happened? Right. So basically, you know, OKC's got the ball. They're trying to close out the game. They have a couple-point lead. Um, Dion Waiters is inbounding, which, by the way, Billy Donovan, um, Dion Waiters inbounding. Yeah, not the guy you really think, hey, who should inbound the ball first? Who's going to take care of the ball yeah. enough? The most oh, selfish guy Dion that's Waiters. ever played the NBA, yeah. Deion Waiters, inbounding the ball. Ginobili's up in his face. Um, now, now, granted, Ginobili was pretty close, so I'm kind of surprised the refs let that go to begin with. He was on the out-of-bounds line, if you look. Yeah, exactly. And then, so Dion Waiters is looking for someone to pass to. Can't really see around Ginobili. He literally truck sticks yeah. Manu. He boomsticked him <laughs> yeah. backwards. Yeah, getting him out of the way. The entire Spurs crowd, rightfully so, is freaking out. You can't push the guy no. when you're There's actually a freeze frame of LaMarcus Aldridge <laughs> staring at the play. And it's like one of those whodunit-like type phases. Like, yeah. what just happened? Exactly. And it's then great. so eventually Waiters does end up getting the ball out. Um, you know, gets corralled by OKC. They bring it in and the game's over. Um, after the fact, the NBA has come out and said in the last 13.3 seconds, there were five, five missed calls. Uh, is that a lot, James? Crew. I'm not sure. That's a lot. In 13 seconds, there are five missed calls. That's, 13 seconds. Yeah, that's not, that's a, that's like an average of one foul per two and a half seconds. That's less than a Some, shot Something clock. like that. My math is a little off on that but like imagine in the it's a 24 second shot clock so you're on track right there to around eight fouls in a 24 second shot clock that, that, makes sense. that the officials just missed yeah in the in the last second it's of play playoff game. basketball <laughs> I know, right? rules go out the window let, let, them, them play. let them play let them play let them play let them truck stick each other out of bounds <laughs> so that's the thing right so there's also an, uh, a great vine of this um an official sitting right there watching waiters uh push manu chris weber um on the call beside himself can't even collect himself he's so angry at this I mean, whole thing let, let's give the refs a little credit it was Ginobili who was falling backwards and if anybody's ever watched even one game of Ginobili you know he's like the ultimate flopper yeah he's that guy that everybody just kind of gets annoyed with because you barely touch him with like a breath of air and he goes flying 10 feet and gets a foul call usually. Yeah, that's true so I mean you know it's it's a thing where you, you kind of lose the benefit of the doubt after a little while um, for Manu, but at the same time, you know, it, it, it's just brutal, man. You never want to see a playoff game end like that. No, never. And it, now now we switch, shift back to OKC, so all of a sudden we've got all this momentum. Um, you know, Greg Popovich would probably hate that we're saying that there's some momentum in this series, but so you get a little bit of momentum going back to OKC, down 1-1, you steal a game from San Antonio at home, and that's a pretty hard thing to do. Yeah, especially after this year, when they only lost two games at home total. Yeah. So, and it was the final two when, you know, it was kind of like, yeah, they lost one and they kind of forgot about the next. Right, exactly. So going forward, um, you know, barring any major officiating issues, because I think that Silver is going to make sure that he kind of cracks the whip on these guys for the next few uh, next few games, 
you know, what are we? What are you expecting to see? What do you think out of the series so far? Well, I answer the question: Can we bring Crawford back out of retirement for just the series? <laughs> Put him in the wheelchair. He might catch a few things. <laughs> yeah, really. Tee up Duncan on the bench. I mean, just bring back all of that. That's still my all-time favorite and clip. One of the best things ever. Just throwing him just out of the game. Just laughing hysterically on the bench and getting teed up. Yeah, he wasn't even teed up. He's thrown out of the game. Well, first he got a tee. Yeah. And then he got a second tee out of it. Then he got a second tee out of it. Because he was like. He's laughing. What, what did I just do? I don't even know. I was yeah, laughing I know. with Tony Parker. It's pretty unbelievable. So my my thoughts here on this game are, you know, it, I, someone made a good point online. I, I can't remember who I'm attributing it to. I think it was the Ringer newsletter. Um, the new uh, Bill Simmons site sends out a newsletter every once in a while. And one of the writers there on the Ringer said, you know, while the Spurs should win on paper, like every which way, you know, one of the best defenses that the NBA has ever seen right now. And their offense is flowing really well. At the end of the day, two is more than one. And if you have one elite defender on the wing in Kawhi Leonard, he has to defend either Kevin Durant or Russell Westbrook. So it's pick your poison here. So I still think, I'm still taking my stance that I did, my sports stance that I did in episode one. For all you listeners, go ahead and head back into our archives and check out, the deep into the archives, check yeah, out episode you gotta one. you got to go back a full week. I'm still saying that I think that OKC has a much better chance of winning this series than people are giving them credit for. You go into that crazy loud building, uh, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook kind of turn it on. They kind of turned it around at least a little bit from game one there, and I think that they can actually pull the series out. See, I'm going to have to disagree with you there, James. I mean, San Antonio, like you said, on paper is the better team. Kawhi does have to choose. <laughs> Pick his poison. Russ or KD, who do you cover? But in the end, when you only really have Russ and KD, Waiters shooting is iffy every night. Adams and Cantor aren't always the guys that you need them to be. Adams basically is just there to beat people up. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's the new... Intimidation Perkins. He's the new Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Basically. So, With better uh, facial hair. Yeah. Uh, but then you have Cantor who, yeah, he can get it going some nights, but... He's a turnstile uh, on defense. Overall, San Antonio has the overall better team to deal with OKC and move on, I think. I mean, yeah. So I would like it's to... It's just, I think it was one of those off games, I feel like, for San Antonio. Things, yeah, it was close at the end, but if you kind of watch them, and if you listen to anybody else talk about it, it they just kind of seemed a little off, maybe. People maybe thought maybe they went into the game thinking, like, you know, we blew them out. It's one of those after-a-blowout-type games, you kind of maybe take it easier, Thanks and then you have to try to turn it on. And it's too late at that point. Yeah, that's fair. I would like to see, um, you know, for, for San Antonio to kind of uh, continue to pull this thing out, I think we're going to need to see the LaMarcus Aldridge from the um, Portland series last year where he was basically just scoring 40 points a game. I mean, he did in this game. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. But he didn't, he didn't like, take over the way that he did in the first-round Portland series that they lost last year. Um, basically his like last hurrah as a trailblazer. Yeah. Um, and he, he was more or less unstoppable. I forget who they're playing, I guess. Um, might have been San Antonio. I might have been, yeah. Or Houston? One of those. I know that they beat the Rockets. Yeah. I think it might have been Houston. I mean, Houston, yeah. So he was, he was just unstoppable those last few, few, uh, few series. So I'm looking for that same thing from him. Kawhi, you know, at times Kawhi is the third best player in the NBA, and at times when he can't get the offense going, yeah. I mean, it's kind of rough. You know, he's always going to have the defense, but uh, it's a question of whether or not he can float the offense the way that, you know, a Manu or a Tony Parker did, on the at least on the wing, for the, for the Spurs in years past. And then you're still going to need those guys like Danny Green to hit those outside shots, and you're going to need Parker to actually, you know, contribute a little bit. You're going to need those 10 to 15 points out of Parker every game just to make sure you have that other person that the team's watching out for. 100%. Because Aldrin and Leonard are the future, clearly. They're going to be – Spurs are set for years to come with those two. But just in general, 
they got another rhythm last the other night in the game. You know, they were taking quick shots. They were doing things that they don't normally do. So hopefully Pop can rule, you know, rein them back in and kind of be like, listen, stick to our game plan. Just do what we've been doing all year. OKC is going to choke in the fourth quarter if they have a lead. It's just natural if they're on primetime TV. They have literally let up the most fourth quarter leads out of any of the remaining teams right now in the and NBA. And usually when they're on primetime TV. And yeah. then everybody's like, this team's not legit. How are they the third seed in the West? And you don't realize, oh, well, they can usually do it when they're not being watched. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, that's their 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 final minute of offense. And I think, uh, you know, I've seen this point being made about Billy Donovan. It's like, you, you brought this guy in to try to help out, you know, and try to improve over Scotty Brooks. But it's the same fourth quarter offense that you always see out of the OKC Thunder. It's basically give Russell Westbrook the ball or Durant the ball, depending on whose turn it is. Yeah. It just makes no sense to me. Like, that's not how you run an NBA offense in this day and age. What nobody actually sees is before they inbound the ball, they do a rock, paper, scissors, shoot game <laughs> to go and see who wins. And, you know, it's just that's how they, they decide. They do a dance-off with Cameron yeah. Payne. See they do hot potato, hot potato. It's uh, great. So that's, what, that's probably going to be the closest series this round. Um, we have a couple other things that happen. Um, we're film or we're filming. Ha! We're taping this on uh, Wednesday morning. So last night we had two games out of the NBA. We had a Heat Raptors game that went to OT. Heat pulled it out, one hundred two ninety six. After a crazy three pointer by Lowry. Crazy Lowry three pointer. Yeah, and then a skinny Kyle Lowry coming in real hot. And then we have the Warriors and Trailblazers. Oh. Uh, Warriors were down by like as 11, much as like 13, 13. 13 points, in the, at least in the second quarter, down by 11 points in the, th- in the second half there, and then pulled it out 110-99. Um, couple thoughts here on these two games. First of all, Heat Raptors, most inconsequential series I think that this entire playoffs has had. I thought that the Raptors Pacers would be the most inconsequential I series. I thought maybe Heat Hornets might have been. <laughs> Heat Hornets is pretty close. Um, but the but the Heat Raptors, it's tough to get it up for Heat Raptors. It really is. I mean, in general, there was like, oh, Raptors were down by three or four last night with a few seconds left, and all their fans were already leaving. They <laughs> yeah. didn't even have hope in their team that they could do something to tie it up. And then Lowry hits the random runner from half court. My question is, how many times can the Raptors get embarrassed on their home court before, you know, there needs to be some sort of change here? Like, I don't know if it's Dwayne Casey. I don't know if it's just a matter of, Trying to build a legitimate NBA team around DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. Maybe move Drake's seat. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe Drake wasn't sitting in the proper seat. Yeah, I think he should have been on the bench. You're right. Yeah, (laughs) he should be the one coaching. I think so, yeah. I think the players are going to really hyped up for that. I don't know. He's a little bit too emotional. I've been listening to views a lot lately, and I've just been around angry sad all day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I don't know. It's going to be tough to kind of get it up for this game a little bit. Lowry, that cool, that cool inbound um, or that cool, excuse me, uh, three-point half-court shot, sending it into overtime was really interesting. But all the stuff leading up to this is uh, kind of red flags for the Raptors, just to me, right? So yeah. it's your home floor. Um, Hassan Whiteside misses the most of the game because his knee basically bends the wrong way. Um, Chris Bosh is not there, so you're basically telling me that the Raptors can't beat. Like thirty-four-year-old Dwayne Wade and thirty-two-year-old Goran Dragic, and that's yeah, it. You got like Winslow. I mean, come on. Yeah, he's, he's a stud. Well, he 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 probably could be, but defensively, like defensively, he's a stud. Defensively, he's a stud, but like like anyone who's uh, 
you know, can even remotely see basketball knows that Winslow is like maybe three or four years away. When Drogic is your main point getter, that's concerning. Yeah, I mean, so he had like that one good season for the Sun, the couple, Suns a couple years ago that basically uh, put him into the national spotlight. Last year was kind of a wash for him in Miami. He's done pretty well this year. Um, and he's really lead, led this Miami team because Wade's a little over the hill still. Gets um, once in a while. He, hurt, he banged his knee last night. Banged his knee last night. Um, I kind of thought that that was a little floppy. Um, <laughs> I don't know. He got mauled by to get in that one inbounds pass, and then all of a sudden, oh, he's down. I mean, that whole last play for the Raptors to get the chance at the three-pointer and everything, or yeah. the free throws at that point, was kind of weird, where they called the foul on the Heat guy when both guys kind of just hit each other, and they're right. like, oh, clearly foul. Foul. Yeah, I don't, I don't really Not get just it. Out of bounds. He's still got his old man game going. He does basically everything that you don't want a modern NBA player to do, which yeah. is he does not take threes. Um, he can get to the basket every once in a while, but his bread and butter is those contested twos. And when he makes those them, he does those little fadeaways, those little floaters. Um, he's not as athletic anymore, so he can't do the full Derrick Rose shift your body in the middle of He's in his mid-air. full Kobe years at this point. Yeah, except Kobe's game, I feel like, aged a little bit better than Dwayne Wade's is going to. Yeah. <laughs> Knee-wise especially. Never never <laughs> want to have uh, hear knee issues for someone whose main no. game is jumping and <laughs> athleticism. Yeah, jumping up and down on those knees. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, okay, so so the Raptors, so they send it into overtime and then basically, you know, get their get their asses handed to them by the Heat in overtime. Didn't you think after the Lowry three-pointer, though, like the momentum was going to shift in the Raptors' way and they were just going to come out OT and blow the doors off the heat and just finish it off i mean you'd think right <laughs> but instead it was like the opposite that he came out and just took it to them and it was like all right let's just finish this off now yeah it's basically i i think that this series is more or less over i mean it's only one nothing wow. i know but i just have no faith in the raptors Same thing i said happened in the pacers series. i know i said that last time too i i just have no absolutely no faith in the Raptors at all. See, the Raptors are going to be that team that everybody loses faith in. They're going to win, but then they're just going to go into the conference finals and be like, it's great. We've come so far. We've overcome all our playoff yeah. stuff. And then Cleveland's just going to trounce them. Right, exactly. Cleveland's going to trounce whoever comes out of this series. And that yeah, kind of basically. Can, that kind of brings us to our next series. He can make it interesting. He can make it sort of interesting. But the, Psychologically. The, the, uh, the Cavaliers um, beat the Hawks on Monday night, 104-93. to Um... Pretty standard game there. Uh, LeBron James, you know, 25 points, 9 assists. Tristan Thompson crushes all of the offensive boards, as Tristan Thompson does. By the way, does anybody have a better job in the NBA than Tristan Thompson? So basically, LeBron James brings in every single defensive player on the floor while he's driving to the hoop. And Tristan Thompson literally just stands there and puts the ball on the hoop yeah, after he misses it. he just gets it. handed to him and he's just yeah. like, all right, my turn. Hey, let's see if LeBron James can, you know, hit a contested layup with four guys in his face. Yeah. If not, Tristan Thompson will just clean yeah, it up. exactly. Like, it's, it's what he was paid all that money for. Yeah, exactly. That's why LeBron was like, guys, listen, I am not going to sign with you if you don't sign Tristan this past summer. And they were like, fine, you know what? Let's overpay him. Let's make LeBron happy. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, That's like – all you can do. Tristan Thompson's resurgence and honestly, like his his success over the last few you know years, has really just been to me an indictment of Kevin Love. Like, how the hell is Kevin Love not more successful in this freaking offense? I, I don't know. He's the Chris Bosh of the Cavaliers' big three. I mean, yeah. that's really what it came down to. He was the star power forward, and then it took a few years for him to kind of get back into being the guy with 
Wade and LeBron. Yeah. And now he's trying to get back. This year he's come back a little more. Yeah. Towards the end of the season, once Lou took over, he kind of started to get creeping a little more, be the more protective guy we used to see in uh, Minnesota. Yeah, exactly. Now, now, granted, granted, yeah, I guess that's true. Like last, like the last few games, the last half of the season, especially the first round of the playoffs, it looked like Kevin Love really turned it on. Yeah. But I'm just confused. Like, what, what are they? I can't tell if it's something that Love is doing. I can't tell if it's something that Tyron Lue and David Blatt, for that matter, couldn't figure out with this guy. Like, how do you use the guy who's one of the best rebounders of his generation? but also can occasionally hit the three. Like, he's four for 17 in this game, right, against against Atlanta. And they won. They didn't really need him. LeBron was LeBron had 25 points. Kyrie had 21 points. So they didn't really need Love I mean, that bad. He put up 17. He put up 17 three shots. Three of those three-pointers. But so 17 points on 17 shots. That's just not what you want Kevin Love to do. It's not. But when you're going against the Hawks, it doesn't matter. Because guess what? Their top scorer was Schroeder, but when the go- backup point guard. But when you're going against the Spurs of the Warriors, it does matter. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, then maybe I'll pick a game up. I mean, some of these guys can't just, you know, they're just like, we're going to win no matter what happens. I guess that's true. I don't know. It, it, it seems a little weird. The, heat, the the East, to me, I guess this whole season, like, it looked like the East had, like, this little resurgence where you have some good teams in the middle. Cleveland does really well, and then you also have the Raptors, and then you have that three through six squad, which looked like, at this point now, looked like they were all just overachieving. Yeah. Um, and now all of a sudden the playoffs, you know, wart, the warts come out and it looks really more de- more and more definitively like the West is really going to win no matter who makes it. Yeah, but I mean, even the West has had its ups and downs with how teams have looked. That's true. I mean, I guess that's true. But so anyway, you know, Cavaliers spanked the Hawks. Um, it it's going to happen again. It was a little bit closer in the middle of the game as these things are and then they kind of pulled away towards the end. Um, LeBron and Kyrie looked like they were playing pretty well together, which is a good sign for the Cavs. Um, a, a weird season this season between those two. Yeah. And the fact that they're actually playing really well together bodes well for them. So they are plus up, they're playing the Hawks. Plus they're playing the Hawks. So they're up one nothing. Um, and then the final series that we've got going on right now is the Blazers Warriors series. And it's the a Blazers series to me. <laughs> well, you know what? So you're anti Golden State. I'm not, no, I'm not anti Golden uh, State. You, we're on I, sports okay, stance. I you am, take your stances. I, I, okay, it's like hard. It's, I'm 50 50. I like guys on Golden State. It just amazes me how one kind of lucky they've gotten with breaks so far. Like Curry goes down, they're against the uh, Rockets. They're not going to do anything against them. The Rockets didn't even want to be on the court in that first series. It was ugly. Yeah. And then they go against the Blazers after the Clippers lose Paul and Griffin. If Paul and Griffin are in this series, if the Clippers made it through, I don't think it's 2-0 right now in the Warriors' favor. I actually think the Clippers would be taking it to them. That's fair. I, I am of a different mindset where I do not want to watch the Los Angeles Clippers play basketball anymore. I'm all set. That whole squad, they're whiny. There, it's an ugly, ugly game. I don't want to watch DeAndre Jordan take a million free throws so that he a, can't it's make. It's a typical NBA team. It's not a typical NBA team because no, 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 no. See, this is the thing. The Clippers are an exception. The Clippers are a bunch of like just whiny brats at this point, dude. They they have been together for five years. They haven't won a goddamn thing. They've won one playoff series in five years. They've won, or no, excuse me, maybe two playoff series? I think they've won more than one. Well, maybe, okay, fine. Two playoff series in in five years. And this is what, like, they, they're just so entitled. Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre, Wine, every single call. It's LA, baby. I don't care. It's what they did. The Lakers did the same thing. So I don't need to see that. So I'm glad that we've got Dame Lillard in here. Like, Dame Lillard, to me, is way more exciting to watch than DeAndre Jordan miss 
four out of ten of his free throws when he takes like 30 a game. So, like, I don't care about all that kind of stuff. It was a really interesting game to me because the um, the Blazers came out real hot. Uh, I, I said his name on the last podcast, and we laughed at me, and we laughed at me, and I'm saying his name again because, God damn it, he had a good game. Al Farouk Aminu coming in yeah, real okay. hot. He, he's actually – I've looked at his numbers again. I have to backtrack a little bit of laughing. He has had a pretty good playoff run so far. He's had a pretty good game. He basically, he's been pretty solid. He basically plays that every single team right now is looking for that wing player who can occasionally knock down threes, play really good lockdown defense, and pass the ball. And basically, Draymond, everyone's looking for Draymond Green, Green light. You know what I mean? Like are looking for the Robert Ori like reincarnated. Sure, yeah. The guy gonna, that can hit that shot. I'm gonna call him Draymond Green Light just because he's he's the modern the modern equivalent of what people are looking for right now. So like Boston has Jay Crowder and Atlanta has Damari Carroll and you know Atlanta doesn't have Damari Carroll. That's Toronto. Toronto has Damari Carroll. <laughs> Atlanta had Damari Carroll Carroll last, last year. year. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta has basically their entire bench. <laughs> so and they have Corver. They have Corver. Do that. Ah, okay. Well, that's a little. That's a that's a bridge too far for me. But he's like extra light. Al Farouk Aminu, you know, after you know a few years of really squandered potential, has kind of found a nice little role here on this Blazers team and has looked really good. Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum obviously look really good. I think if you're Portland, you have to feel really good about. Uh, how your backcourt is going to be looking for the next 10 years yeah. if, you, if these guys can stay together. I mean, the old, the starting five has an average age of 25. Right. I mean, that's that's set for the future. You're going to be competing against the Warriors every year, more likely in the Western Conference Finals, potentially, than the semifinals. Yep. The, most, the thing that kind of frustrates me about this series, though, is, yeah, Curry's hurt. Blazers had an opening. Their next game is on Saturday. Yeah. That's three extra days that they get to have Steph Curry rest up on the Warriors side. <laughs> and the Blazers have to sit there and stew with the fact they blew an 11-point, 13-point lead. Oh, I wonder if they did this on purpose. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> did they? Did just call up the people and be like, hey, listen, Steph's hurt. Let's just uh, give them two games. Really? If they can't do it in two games, just, you know, just push back. I don't think that they should put Steph in for Game 3, to be honest with you. I don't think he should play this series at this point. Yeah, I think that they should just wait. Um, I wonder, and this is a real hot take, coming in on a real hot take Burn. here in sports stance. I wonder if the play of Draymond Green and Klay Thompson is going to hurt Steph Curry's MVP. Um, MVP well, aren't those votes already in? The votes are probably already in, but like, is this an indictment on Steph Curry as an MVP candidate? See, I think that he obviously is the runaway choice, right? He had one of the best seasons I think that I've ever seen. One of the most electric seasons I've ever seen. Oh, by far. But, I mean, if you're looking at this right now, you know, Clay Thompson had 27 points. A guy knocked down threes. Draymond Green, 17 points, 7 assists, and 14 rebounds. Plus some ferocious dunks, amazing defense. Like, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's really kind of hurting Steph's cause. Well, like, who, who, who do the, who do the Warriors miss more? Like, if Steph Curry is right now... You know, in this series, and Draymond Green is out. Do you think, think that Draymond they miss Draymond more. more? Do you think that they could slide Iguodala into that Draymond and get like eighty percent of what he's offering? Yes and no. I mean, but the tough, the thing you're gonna miss with Draymond is the toughness, that like aggressiveness that he brings to the table. Yeah, he's got some intangibles. He's John at Dame Lillard on the way back to the locker room. But like, it, it's true though with the whole Curry MVP thing. I mean, you take him out, they don't seem to miss a beat. If you take LeBron out of well, Cleveland. That team can't move the ball. That's true. 
I wouldn't I wouldn't go so far as to say they don't miss a beat. I mean, they were down 13 points early to the Portland Trailblazers. Did they win? They did win. They won. They by won, how much? They won by 11 points. Yeah, exactly. They, so they yeah. kind of just flipped the script. They did. Yeah, I mean, 100%. You can't you can't knock them that. So I say keep keep Curry out unless the game unless Portland comes back and wins two at home and it's tied two to two. I think in game five, then you play Curry. Yeah. But other than that, I think that you kind of keep him out for as long as possible because the worst thing, the worst case scenario is they don't have him 100% for the next series, which is going to be the real test. It's going to be either Oklahoma City or San Antonio. And that's going to be. Yeah, exactly. So that's what's going to happen. So I think going forward, you know, for me, I think we're looking at something like a Cavaliers and potentially Heat. Um, Eastern Conference Finals, a lot of fun storylines there. A yeah. lot of a lot of big think pieces coming out of the worldwide leader. It's I can be imagine psychologically, uh, <laughs> you know, daunting for everybody because they're just going to talk about LeBron and Wade and their relationship and how come LeBron has to be so nice to Wade all the time. Exactly. And people are going to be like, he's not going to try against his friend. I'm also, and then this is another hot take. I'm out on that whole friendship group: LeBron, Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, and Carmelo Anthony. Like, I'm done. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I feel like they're going to come up uh, pretty quickly in maybe next summer's big blockbuster movie <laughs> yeah. that we're going to discuss. That's 100% what's going to happen. That's exactly it's exactly what's going to happen. There's going to be them all hanging out and talking about how good of friends they all are, and yeah. it's going to be horrible. So uh, hopefully, if we're smart, we're going to have different players in there, but that's all it's going to be. It's just going to be Chris well, Paul. Know, we, we can discuss that. Okay, we'll discuss it, but I'm, I'm out on that whole friendship group. Okay, so I think we're going to do uh, – I think it's going to be a Heat Cavaliers Eastern Conference Finals – I'm going to go Warriors, and I'm going to say OKC because I like the Spurs. I think they're going to be really good, but I'm sticking by my, my hot takes here, my stance that this is the year that you know Durant and Westbrook kind of can dig deep and, and show us something, get to the Western Conference Finals, and we'll see what happens, dude. See what happens a little, you know, who's the best player on the floor? We have, we have the two best players on the floor. We have the best player on the floor in Steph Curry. Then we have the two second best players in Durant and Westbrook on the other side, but Draymond and Klay Thompson are coming up real close after that. So it'll be an interesting series. Yeah, I'm going to go against you on that. I'm going to go Warrior Spurs. I just think the sport, Spurs are going to end up just using their veteran leadership, just experience in general, going to just take it to the OKC, get to the next round. Interested to see Kawhi versus Steph. I feel like that could be interesting. And then I'm going to go with Cleveland Heat also. I mean, Toronto just doesn't seem like they know how to play in the playoffs. Uninspiring. How they got the number two seed is beyond i don't even know i don't know how they got to that yeah like it wasn't even close which makes it even odder to me yeah it's ugly okay so the other nba news nba news that came out we spent a half hour on that so hopefully we'll spend a little bit less time on this we'll, um, we'll fly through this pretty quick i think space jam 2 was announced with lebron james to star and um just rumored for a while like a just few years a few years justin lynn the uh he was the director of the latest fast and furious movie will be directing um, according to a few of the Hollywood sites that I follow here and there. Space Jam 2, Too Fast, Too Furious. Too Fast, Too Furious. Too Fast, Too Looney. So here's the thing, right? So Space Jam is a classic. Um, I think that we can all agree on that. Um, Top five it, animated film. Inherently rewatchable. It goes along with Who Framed Roger Rabbit in the best film to combine animation and live action ever made. That, that's probably an accurate statement. Yeah, exactly. Um, the thing that I thought would, was done really well in Space Jam is um, Michael Jordan was really surprisingly very good and surprisingly yeah. very self-deprecating. Yeah, he was, a pretty, he was pretty believable as an actor in general. Yeah. I also think it was a great 
thing. Their storyline in general added up so well. Michael left the game. Yeah. He went to baseball, so, you know, when these aliens came, they didn't realize that, oh, we should get Michael Jordan's talent. Right. We instead got the five next best. So I think that there's a few things to uh, look at when it comes to Space Jam 2. And we're, yeah. we're going to take an intellectual deep dive on a Space Jam 2. Deep dive into Space Jam. The first thing is, or I guess, I guess I want to talk about three things. The fir- the first thing will be what what the storyline could follow with LeBron James. Yeah. The second thing is who the NBA cameo appearances are going to be. Yeah, we got to figure out all those things. And then the third thing, most important thing, is who the celebrity comedic relief cameo appearances are yeah, going to be. Yeah, we got two to cover. We so got we had Bill Murray. Yeah, we had Bill Murray and Wayne Newman in the first one. Yeah, not Newman. Yeah, Newman. Uh, sorry, not Wayne, not Wayne Newman. I don't know. What's his don't name? Know, the guy who plays The Newman. guy that played Newman from Seinfeld. Newman, yeah. That's all anybody, nobody knows his real <laughs> yeah, name. Yeah, exactly. He's Newman. Yeah, Wayne Knight, actually. Wayne Knight's his oh, real name. Oh, there you go. Yeah, 100%. Okay, so Bill Murray and Wayne Knight in the first one. We got to figure out who's going to be in the second one. Um, so I think, so we'll start off with the first one, LeBron James's arc. So the last Space Jam, they went deep into Michael Jordan's baseball career and then coming back to the Bulls. My question is, do you think that they will go, and this is probably not going to happen in a million years, do you think that they'll go into LeBron James's heat years first <laughs> and then I'm bring him back sure. to Cleveland? That would be amazing. So if like, let's say like, okay, so LeBron James is on the heat. They just lose the finals and, you know, he's thinking about going back home and something along the lines of like, you know, the, the aliens are coming back and they're threatening Cleveland or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I feel, that's what like, I was thinking about. LeBron that. James is like, I need to do it for the land. <laughs> and then he comes back in. And I don't so know. He's up, I feel like Michael Jordan has to make an appearance in this and be like, listen, I got some guys that can help you with these people. Yeah. There and is, boom. There is we got no, bugs again. I say that there is no way in hell LeBron James allows Michael Jordan on that set. Oh, no, he <laughs> does. For a total of two minutes. Yeah, maybe. It's, or it's going to be a phone call. It's going to be him on the phone. It could be, yeah. It's going to be something like that. I don't know. We'll have to see. It might be like Warner Brothers might like insist, but I, I honestly guarantee that like if it was up to LeBron James, he's not, not showing up to this. Uh, Michael Jordan's not showing up to this shit set. So I don't know. That's a, that's an interesting story arc. I don't really yeah. know what else they would possibly do. I mean, overall though, I'm as much as it's like everybody always makes their sequels off childhood memories and yeah. all those old movies. LeBron being casted, I'm actually not disappointed with because people are gonna be like, it was probably between LeBron and Steph. No offense, I've seen what Steph looks like in interviews. I don't think that he would be that great at acting. Definitely, we've not seen LeBron enough. in movies. We've seen him in Train Trainwreck. Trainwreck. He was actually pretty funny. He was pretty funny. He had pretty good comedic timing. I got to give him credit for he that. He had pretty funny. My question is: Is LeBron James self-deprecating enough? I think they can make him. But I guess. But I don't know. He just when you're working with Bugs Bunny, you gotta be. But like he's so he's so committed to his hashtag brand that it's tough for me to see him like. Is he gonna go dark while he films this? Well, yeah. Zero, <laughs> Social media. Zero dark thirty twenty three. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It, it's. I can't. I can't see LeBron James like taking himself. I can't. I can't see him taking himself jokingly enough for this to be nearly as good as the first one. I don't think. I mean, nothing will ever be as good as the first one because it was something that none of us ever expected. Yeah. Going into this, we kind of can. We kind of have that whole. Okay, this is what Michael did. What yeah. can you do? And of course, it's another way for him to be compared to Michael. Yeah. Of course. And it's just one of those things that's like. 
land. It's never gonna end. Is he's, he gonna make another? Is he gonna make a McDonald's commercial where it's like playing for a burger? Yeah. And just see what happens. I don't know. It's kind of ridiculous. The other thing that we can talk about a little bit is the cameos. Um, so you had the list of people that were the basketball players that were in Space yeah, Jam. Yeah, powers were stolen. So yeah. we got we had Patrick Ewing. Yep. We had uh, Bugsy Mugsy Bogues. Yeah. Great, great one. Larry Johnson, yep. the former powerhouse. Sean Bradley, who was that? If you don't know who he is, he was the really tall, tall white guy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Charles Barkley. Yeah, exactly. Which I just thought was fantastic. Fantastic. Um, so a couple things that will go into this. So what you need in a good Space Jam cast here, supporting cast. Um, first and foremost, uh, you need the white guy. You and need the white guy. You need the white guy. Um, I imagine that they're probably going to pick Kevin Love, first of all, yeah. because he's LeBron James' teammate. Um, he is already in those State Farm commercials. I just think that everybody in those State Farm commercials is probably going to end up getting picked, which is kind of annoying. <laughs> um, I mean, that could be the possibility, but that means you can see KG you're, in there. You're, you're, so I think that it is like one million percent certainty that Chris Paul weasels his way into this thing. <laughs> I think. Oh that, no, he's going to be the Muggsy Bogues. Yeah, but I think that if you really want to go Muggsy Bogues, hot take right here. Bring back Muggsy Bogues. No, <laughs> Isaiah Thomas. Get Isaiah Thomas <laughs> into that thing, baby. Boston Celtics represent. Put Isaiah Thomas in Space Jam. Yeah, I mean, let's think about this. So you got I, so. Basically, you have a few options for probably a few of these guys. Yeah. Muggsy Bogues character, you need the small shooting guy. Yeah. You can probably put Steph in there if you really want to, but I highly doubt they're going to do that. LeBron James is not going to It's going to be that. too competitive. No, no, no. So no. it's going to be like somebody like Isaiah Thomas. Especially if he beats him in the finals again this or, year. Yeah. That's not happening. It's going to be Isaiah Thomas or CP3. Let's be honest, it's probably going to be CP3. It's not going to be It's going to be who it is. It will never be Isaiah It's going to be Chris Paul. That's the one thing. That's another thing that's LeBron James. James. Yeah. Another thing LeBron James will never allow, a Boston Celtic on that team. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. So then you got to look at, like, who's the Larry Johnson comparable guy this year? You could put Anthony Davis in there. Anthony probably. Davis, put actually. The brow. Anthony Davis will 100% be in this movie. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a good comparison. Yeah, I would say there. so. Plus, he's he's non-threatening enough right now in the NBA where he'll put up really good stats. Yeah. But he hasn't. He has, he's not threatening to LeBron's throne. Then you got, like, the Patrick Ewing... And the Charles Barkley. Yeah. I kind of wish they would just bring Shaq in for one of those characters just because. Just because he wants to be there. But it's not going to happen. Yeah, if never. they're going to go current players, they're definitely going you're gonna to. You're going to put DeAndre Jordan probably. Probably as DeAndre. The Patrick Ewing character at least. It's probably either going to be DeAndre. I bet away, I bet that they're just going to stick Carmelo in there. The bar, the bar, I was going to say the Barkley part is going to go to Melo. Kind of Carmelo. That's how it's going to go. And then they have to stick, the, they have to, you know, they have to stick the one white guy in there. So it's either going to be Kevin Love. Um or Kevin Love? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. He probably makes the most sense. Who's the other like Who's the other premier white guy in the NBA right bring now? Bring back Brian Scalabrini. Can't bring back Brian Scalabrini. Dirk, Dougie, McBuck. maybe Dirk, maybe Dirk. Get the international. In there. Oh, that's actually Get not a bad idea. Crowd going. I, a Dirk is a Dirk Getting one a Dirk is not the bad idea. And he actually can kind of be funny. He might be a little too old, but he's he, he's pretty good. I'm, I I kind of like that idea. And don't worry. Wade's not going to be left out. He's going to be the Larry Bird of this one on the golf course yeah. with uh, LeBron. Well, there's no chance that Dwayne Wade's not going to be in this movie. There's no, no chance. I think there's no chance that Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, and Carmelo Anthony are not going to be in this movie. They're LeBron his three James, best friends that anyone could have. <laughs> yeah, they're like the four musketeers. They're going to be rolling in their banana boats. They're the Hangover Wolfpack. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. And then they're going to. And then they're going to have Anthony Davis because they need to throw a bone to the young kids. And then they're going to have the white guy because Lover. they need. Uh, Dirk. Yeah, they need to throw a bone to them. Okay, and the last one is gonna be the comedic, the comedic um, presence in there. I think very easily 
what you're going to do, like, right off the bat, is they're going to put Melissa McCarthy in there. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think Melissa no, McCarthy look, can is Can we like, not show every Bill Murray <laughs> appearance ever in cinema history? I, I, was Melissa, she's already ruining Ghostbusters. I don't even think that's just going to be the Bill Murray the thing. The trailer it's gonna, is awful. It's going to be... It's so bad. I think that it's going to be the Newman the Newman replacement. I think Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. That's, he's, he's that's a good the, he's one. He's fat again, so That's works. a pretty good one. So I think Melissa McCarthy, Jonah Hill. We can't just pick fat actress. No, we got to figure out who's the Bill Murray of our time right now. I bet Seth Rogen just kind of sneaks his way in he there. Could be, he could be like the Bill Murray. I bet that Seth Rogen will get his way in here and he wants to kind of have some fun. Maybe maybe Paul Rudd. Maybe Paul Rudd. You could kind of his Bill Murray. You could kind of get that Bill Hader because they already have a good rapport yeah. from Trainwreck. Exactly. So maybe they want to kind of reunite right there. Maybe just maybe. Maybe that's actually a storyline because they kind of like they'll play up the celebrity thing, like we know each other from Trainwreck. Maybe yeah. that's kind of happening. Could be the thing. Um, so those, those are a couple options. Um, maybe Chris Rock. I don't know. He just seems like he'd be a fun comedian to throw in Space Jam. <laughs> he could be, but I feel like he's gonna voice a character that's animated more than actually. I don't know. I think that they could put Chris Rock. Wait, in there could they and bring back Little Penny Hardaway back from uh, when he did those before he was really known? <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be fantastic. Hilarious. Maybe Penny Hardaway's in there. Who knows? Maybe yeah, maybe the, he captures the this magic moment thirty for thirty power and comes out. I think that if they released the lines for who would be the definitive favorite to be in here, I really think Melissa McCarthy. She's just everyone wants Melissa McCarthy in her movies does. nowadays. We have to bring the female character into it. Have to bring so the female character. So she's she's kind of big. Watching Melissa McCarthy try to play basketball equals comedic gold. She could studio. be the new. She could be the Newman. I think. Yeah, definitely. I am not a big Melissa McCarthy fan. I I am. I'm a, something on she's great in. Yeah, on the fence. Something she's actually pretty funny. Most things I'm like I could do without. Take or leave. Hundred percent. Okay, so LeBron James Space Jam two. I like it's happening. it. Yeah. So last thing that we wanted to touch on quickly uh, is going to be the MLB. Uh, obviously, it's it's really early in baseball right yeah, still, now. But some teams are just taking it well, it, to yeah. everybody else. And it, others it, are just falling behind where they It's just fun to talk expected. about. April baseball is tough for me because there's still a lot going on. There's still, you know, the, the NBA playoffs are heating up. The NFL draft is going on. Um, there's just a lot of cool stuff happening in April. Um, the NCAA, uh, the end of the NCAA tournament, like the national yeah. championship and stuff like that, all that kind of goes on. So it's tough for me to really pay attention. But now we've got like a month sample size um, that are good to go. There's some trends that are worth talking about. I think the first one, to me specifically, would be the Chicago Cubs, um, leading right now the NL Central, uh, 19 and six, and they're doing it basically every way that you want to win. They've got a fantastic um, offense. Oh, That's first and foremost. Phenomenal. Yeah, first and foremost. Um, they have a really good defense um, behind them. I mean, like, uh, I was watching... The outfield trio is pretty good. Yeah, the, offensive, the outfield trio is fantastic. And then I was watching some of the highlights from last night's game. Javi Baez at third base is just a goddamn superstar. I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a goddamn for Mrs. Cowan right there. <laughs> right there. Ouch. Yeah, I wanted to know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Javi Baez is fantastic. Um... And then, uh, I think what's the most impressive thing is they have two of the top starting pitchers in the entire MLB right now. Yeah, I mean, Arietta is just kind of... Yeah, we have Jake Arietta and Jason his, Hamill. His past, I don't even, I think it's like 12, 13 starts have just been ridiculous, which before that they were pretty good. Yes. Yeah. From continuing from last year. 
But he's already thrown two no-hitters in his past 13 starts, 14 starts. He's 6-0. He's got a .84 ERA. Um, he's going back to like when baseball began. It was like the guys would throw every other day, and they were throwing no-hitters and like near-perfect games. He hasn't lost a uh, – I, I saw this on ESPN, too. He hasn't lost a road start um, since May of last year. And the crazy thing is, it was what, three years, four years ago? He was sent down to the minors because they didn't think he had what it took to take. So that's the thing, right? So, like, is, if it's one of the few cases where, like, the guy comes out and explodes and has a great season. And baseball is, like, the sport um, that's, you know, slightly more extreme than other sports in terms of regression back to the mean. Yeah. This is such a, such a large sample size, such a long season, and so many variables that usually when someone has happen. like, you know, unless someone's like a major superstar and has been pegged to be a superstar from the beginning of their career, if they have a big season, they'll tend to regress pretty quickly back towards the mean, especially yeah. if they followed up in the beginning. Then with PEDs the, are also always thrown out, like they are now being thrown out with him. Of course, yeah, immediately thrown out the PEDs. But it's, um, provided he's clean, it is such an impressive uh, last couple of years that he's strung together oh, so phenomenal. far. Um, I think that it is – I don't think that it's getting the amount of attention that Steph Curry got, but it is Steph Curry-esque no, in he'll, terms he'll of – No, he'll get there though. Yeah, in terms I mean, of it's just unexpected like – Yeah, it's like an unexpected superstar coming yeah. in and throwing up numbers that really don't really it's make It's usually sense. pitchers. I mean, you you know the guys that are going to be the hitters. You knew Harper coming up yep. was going to be good. Trout coming up. You've seen where Tease has done his career. Those guys get the attention usually from the beginning. Exactly. Pitchers, though, it takes a few seasons. You mean Clayton Kershaw – was a dominant force, Barry Zito. Yeah. Uh, you had uh, the freak, um, Lincecum. Lincecum. Yep. Who all, like, it took a year or two before people started being like, wow, this guy's a legit ace. Even David Price. I mean, he came up with hype around him for the Rays when he was a relief pitcher. Yeah. And then he started, and people were like, all right, yeah, he's got some good stuff. But then, like, year two or three of his starting, people were like, all right, this guy's going to be an ace. He's going to get paid millions, and he's going to be the closer for you. When yeah. you need him to be. He's pretty fantastic. The other cool story I think that's coming out of the, at least the National League is uh, the Washington Nationals. Last year they were projected to do really well. They projected to be one of the best teams in baseball history last year by some by some up. things. And then they really kind of had a, a pretty disappointing season, didn't make the playoffs. I don't even think they had a winning record. Um, yeah, it, was, it was bad. Yeah, so they, they, uh, they changed managers. And now they're back this year. Bryce Harper having another Dusty. MVP. Yeah, Dusty, Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker. <laughs> um, and having another – Bryce Harper having another MVP caliber season, I think, or at least close to it. Oh, yeah. The best thing about – the best story I heard in the past week was uh, Bryce had a game-tying home run a week, uh, this past week. And Dusty Baker in his press conference, they were like, why did you take him out after that? He goes, well, I basically just told him, hey, we need you to pinch it here, tie the game up with a homer, and uh, we're just going to take you out again. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. It's like – Oh, yeah, you know, just casually told him to do that. And Come he, in. He's one of those dinger. guys that could do that. He, If you tell him, I need a home run out of you, he is one of those few guys that I feel like could actually just do it. Yeah. He was like a Vladdy, um, Vladimir Guerrero where he'll swing at anything as hard as he can if you tell him you need a home run and he might be able to do it. Yeah, I mean, he'll be able to send it out. He's uh, he's one of the most exciting players in all of sports right now, I think. And there's a lot of attention on him. Just signed a huge deal with Under Armour, which we'll yeah. talk about in a couple minutes. Ten years. Yeah, exactly. And then the last thing I want to talk about in terms of baseball, maybe not the last thing. Um, there's there's two things that kind of stick out to me was in the American League at least. Uh, it looks like Seattle's doing really well, and the other Chicago team, the uh, the White Sox, are leading the Central now. Again, small sample size. It looks like the AL Central is going to be a pretty fantastic division this year. Um, they're always considered to be like. It's one of those divisions that every year, the top three, four teams, everybody's like, they should be good. Yeah. 
and this year's the first year that they kind of all are actually being good yeah. before they beat up on each other really badly. Exactly. White the White Sox are doing well. Detroit's doing really well. Jordan Zimmerman is the only pitcher with the lower ERA in the entire league than uh, Jake Arrieta for the uh, for the um, excuse me for the Tigers. Yeah, at twenty something five five. He started the season with like twenty something straight innings without an earned run. It's something like that, and he's uh, that's awesome. Um, he has he. He has a 3.23 career ERA, so he, he's all, he's been a serviceable pitcher for his entire career, but he's doing a really, really great job for them this year. Um, Detroit, so Detroit looks pretty good. Kansas City's always looming, you yeah. know, former champs. Um, first first time, it's one of those weird things, like I grew up, Kansas City was horrible. Right. These past years, knowing that they're actually one of those teams that could be trouble, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's exciting. It makes baseball fun again. Like, right. Well, it's exactly what Bryce Harper's looking for. Yeah. Baseball is becoming fun again. I mean, I've been a baseball fan all my life. If I had to choose one sport to ever watch for the rest of my life, it'd be baseball. It's just you how think? I grew up. Yeah, I mean, it is it's what one it of those is. conversation I feel like we could have. And the last one that I wanted to touch on a little bit was Houston. Uh, Houston down at the bottom of the AL West right now. Um, they had such a cool season last year. Uh, so many young guys coming through. They overreached big time. They overachieved. Um, people didn't think that they were going to do as well as they did. They got into the playoffs. Um, they had a fun little run there. Uh, and then they became – this is kind of the opposite of what Jake Arietta, right? So I thought that Arietta was going to come out this year and then maybe regress a little bit or, you know, even the Cubs weren't going to hit expectations as much as they have this they first were, half. They were, they've been hyped up. They've been hyped up, exactly. But up and, to it. And, baseball, and baseball tends to have this thing where you hype up a team and they never end up being the team that no. finishes at the end. Whereas the Astros, you know, there was a lot of hype surrounding this team, especially after they made their nice little run, and they've come out of the gate really slow. They're yeah, at 9 yeah. and 18 right now. A lot of people picked them as a World Series contender. Yeah. And so it's not looking like that. It's a thing where it's like, this is this is why I think sometimes baseball struggles to, to you know, hold its viewership. You know what I mean? Like, there's such severe swings one way or the other. You don't have the sustained excellence that you necessarily do in, like, a football or an M- uh, NBA like there's gonna be no team in baseball like you know. Yeah, there's the no guarantee that your guy's hitting 300. There's, there's no perennial contenders. No. You know, I mean the the Kansas City Royals, you know, were in the World Series two times in a row, and like that's the best that you got. Yeah. But even that, like San Francisco winning every uh, San Fran- every even year. San Francisco and St. Louis over the last couple of years have both proved to be like relatively, you know, yeah. good. St. Louis is always there. Yeah, but teams. I mean, even in this year right now, St. Louis came out pretty slow so far. They're they're below five hundred right now, and they're in a pretty tough division with Chicago and Pittsburgh there. I'm not having true star players is what's hurting them. Matt Holiday, I mean, he's towards the end of his career, so exactly he can't do yeah. what he used to. It looks like um, the. Uh, the NL East looks pretty cool too. I mean, besides Washington, you've got the Mets, um, who are, who are doing pretty well this season. Syndergaard's fantastic. Oh yeah, that hair. Um, that hair is pretty wonderful. Oh, he's in the top five for strikeouts. Or, uh, he's at a uh, you know top five for strikeouts there. Uh, and then you also even have Philadelphia, who is not supposed to be that good. They're like the Astros of this year. Yeah. Their young guys are coming up, which is I mean, pretty exciting. Let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay. It still is Philly. Yeah, it still is Philly, and it's, it's still only a month into the season. It's still only a month in. Yeah. The other cool thing that we want to touch on for baseball, I guess for me at least, is the Dingers. Um, love Dingers. Who and doesn't love Dingers? Who doesn't love Dingers? And the coolest thing right now is that uh, we've got two people on the Colorado Rockies Nolan Arenado and then um, Trevor Story, who are both just hitting dingers. That's but that's all they're doing. <laughs> all they're doing. Trevor is Story dingers. is doing nothing else. I think it, I saw like a stat that was like he has twenty like something hits this year. 
11 of them are uh, yeah, home runs. It's exactly. like 11 out of 20 hits well, are home runs. So, so he's, hit, he's hitting 260. It's not the worst thing in the world. He's a rookie. He's a rookie. Um, and Nolan Arenado is only 25, so he's pretty young too. I mean, he's he's you know he's been in the league for a little bit now. He's got a pretty decent. Um, he, he's got himself a pretty decent career stats here, but he's he's got a 314 average right now. He's got a he's got over a one OPS, which is awesome. Um, 25 ribbies, 11 homers. I mean, that's pretty a good. that's a pretty good line for it's the first solid. month. I yeah. take that. That's a good month line. So uh, between those two guys, you know, hitting dingers, you know. You know the Rockies have some kind of little, at least part of their line, part of their lineup that they can kind of build around. You know they're not doing very well right now. They're twelve and fourteen. The NL West is not like a fantastic division right now. Uh, Basically, San Francisco is fifteen and thirteen. Dodgers are fourteen and thirteen. Again, this is so early, so it's really tough to say. For watching baseball, that's part of the course of the NL West the past few years. Yeah, they're all going to be around eighty something wins is going to win that division. It's just one of those things. It's like they have such talented teams, but at the same time, they just don't perform up to what they could do. Yeah, the Giants are going to sneakily get into the playoffs, make the run, yeah. probably come away with the World Series just because it's an even year. Yeah, it's what they do. San Diego looks garbage again. I think that San Diego should lose all of their sports teams. <laughs> I'm coming out as definitively let, let anti San Diego. Let me keep the Chargers. Well, they're not going to, according to the NFL. <laughs> 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 But anyway, so that's a little MOB talk. Um, we're, we're running up on it. but huh? The Bryce Harper deal. The Bryce Harper deal. we got to touch on that. So we'll touch on that. We'll probably come in around an hour on this one. So enjoy that sports dance Might listeners. Might even get a little over. I want to talk Derby a little bit. Oh, Just we'll like talk, a minute or two. We'll hit a Derby a little bit. Okay, cool. So then, uh, so Under Armour um, signed Bryce Harper, um, re-signed Bryce Harper um, to a 10-year deal. Um, numbers aren't out yet. Numbers aren't out. It's going to be high. It's big. Um, this guy, like we said, is one of the most exciting players in all of sports right now, and that actually fits Under Armour's brand pretty well. Yeah, I mean, so that, they have the most. They have those. They have four stars on their brand that overall are going to be stars for the next ten years. Yeah, so we got right now in Under Armour's brand, we've got Harper, Spieth, Curry, and, and Newton. Newton as the under under thirty stars of tomorrow kind yeah. of thing. They even have my boy Tommy B up there holding it down. They Not do, exactly probably. the biggest draw. No. Not yeah. right now. Unless I see you're Tom in New Brady England. wearing Under Armour gear, and I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, exactly. But those four, you know, in in um, in four of the biggest, most watched sports, you know, they don't really have any NHL stars right now. I don't think Under Armour has any NHL gear. Do they know what the NHL is? Do we know what the NHL is? I have ideas. <laughs> yeah. I know people that know. Yeah, exactly. But, but that's big, right? So all of a sudden. You know, Nike is probably unimpeachable in the top, right? It's kind of like, you know, now. it's kind of like talking about how the NBA could potentially be the biggest sport in the world in the next 15 years or so. It's like, it's a fun conversation to have until you realize that the NFL is probably not going anywhere anytime soon. Well, the NFL in America, and then there's soccer everywhere else. Yeah, well, the NBA is actually, or basketball as a whole has actually over, eclipsed soccer in a lot of these areas of the country, or excuse, in the, the world, excuse me. Um, Let's see what Europe has to say about it. Yeah, well, anyway. Um, so that's kind of interesting. But Under Armour, kind of, uh, you know, out of nowhere almost, it seems like, um, with four big-name athletes. And this could be a pretty severe shift in, you know, the youth movement for these brands. You start yeah. at the youth level, and you work your way up from there. And that's definitely going to take number two spot, I think, from Adidas and those companies. Right. That are so, there. like, you know, Nike has, you know, they had Kobe, obviously, um, they until LeBron. they had LeBron, Durant, 
Um, and but other sports wise, I mean, they had Jeter, but he's gone. Jeter's gone. Tigers. Um, yeah, they hanging in the back. Maybe he makes a resurgence at some point. They, they have Kyrie. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm not putting him on that level. See, that's the thing, right? So, like, there's stars. I'm talking about legit stars. Yeah. Half of them are retired. Exactly. So, <laughs> they're, it's going to be interesting to see who, uh, how how much Under Armour can close the gap and what this means for um, this brand going forward. Yeah. Because you're going to have a lot more stars look at that and be like, hey, they're they're shelling out big bucks for these high, high marquee name players. And Under Armour's gear, I feel like, just looks better. I mean, you know. At times. I feel like they come with that with better things. There's not a lot of innovation on the Nike side, I'll at least tell you no, that much. There hasn't been in a bit. Yeah, it definitely seems like Under Armour has got some cool things going. And with those four guys, it's pretty tough to argue that they've got they've set themselves up pretty good. Nike's got one huge advantage. Yeah. They make some goddamn good commercials. They make good commercials. Look, I threw one in for you. Hey, there you go. That's a good goddamn. Um, cool. All right, then we'll touch upon a little bit. So this weekend, I think we're going to try to get this up by, by Friday, maybe even yeah, earlier. Tomorrow if we possibly possible. can. Yeah. Um, we are um, looking at the Kentucky Derby. It is Derby weekend. It's Derby weekend, and baby. And Mother's Day weekend, so you know it's kind of one of those. You got to be careful what you do on Saturday. Well, you don't want to disappoint mom on Sunday. You know, <laughs> break out the pastels, baby. Uh, some mint juleps for everybody. A little mint juleps. So we got the Kentucky Derby. I'm a. I'm not really a big Derby guy. Well, see the thing. This is the thing about the Derby. Yeah. The Derby comes around once a year. Everybody uh-huh. gets hyped up for it. You have to know nothing about horse racing to get excited for the Derby. Nothing. Mainly because. You're watching it. You're doing everything throughout the day leading up to it, not caring about the race. You're like, yeah, I might put some money down on who, who I might think is going to win. Yeah. This guy's got a funny name. I'm going to bet on him. Yeah. The whole point of the Derby Day for drink. about 99% of America that actually does anything for it is drinking. Day drinking. Parties, day drinking, getting dressed up, all fancy, Love girls it. wearing huge hats. Love it. The whole point is just just a party. Can we bring back hats? Like I mean, formal hats? I mean, the, the women wear it. I know. But those are like summer formal hats. I'm talking about like ev- the everyday formal hat. The everyday hat. hat? Yeah. I want to get to work, hang up my coat, hang up my hat. And just, <laughs> and just be on your merry way. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, yeah. So you got the derby. A lot of people enjoy it for either the gambling purposes that they get to do once a year. Because yeah. they're like, this is the best time to do it. I know nothing. This yep. horse seems cool. Or for the drinking. But this year, I mean, the Derby, last year we had something that doesn't happen often. We had a Triple Crown winner. Yeah. American Pharaoh won all three races. Not something that's been seen since, I think, 30-something years. And no, it's a, it was a while. Yeah, I don't really know we've my gotten, horse history. We've gotten, close a while, we've gotten close a few times. I only really enjoy horse racing for three races out of the year. <laughs> so three that are going to come up. Yep. So that's why I sound like an expert right now, but I'm not. Yeah, 100%. Uh, but uh, so, like, the big horse this year is called Nyquist. Nyquist. When I first read it, I thought it was Nyquil. Yeah, Nyquil. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so there's a couple horses that I'm keeping my eye out just because of names. Um, Exaggerator. Love that. That's a great name. <laughs> love that. I'm all about that. Um, Outwork. Uh, nothing I do on a regular basis, but that sounds really intense. And it sounds like there could be some promise there. Isn't there a Gunrunner? Gunrunner. Gunrunner, I think, should just win it all because... I mean, who needs to be faster than a gunrunner? That's just like an 80s sci-fi action movie. That's Miami Vice. That's Miami Vice. Gunrunner. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What's this bad guy's name? Oh, he's a gunrunner and his name is Nyquist. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) Other things I look forward to in the Kentucky Derby, the New England Patriots always come out in full force in this thing. Um, 100%. I don't know if you see the the pictures online, but you've got yourself your Brady's. You've got your uh, Danny Mandola's. You've got your Julian Edelman's, even Gronkowski comes out for these things. Wes Welker, when he was on the Patriots, 
They're always looking great. I mean, I've heard Gronkowski sometimes wants to actually try to race the horses. <laughs> yeah, he could do pretty well. Um, but you know, they the, do. They come out. They come out in style. Basically, all the attractive white guys on the Patriots all go together to the Kentucky Derby and have a great time. I think, I think you just named three of them. That's four. Brady. Really. Brady, Amendola. You really think Gronkowski is that attractive? He does pretty well for himself, my friends. <laughs> um, he is a multi-millionaire NFL player. I'm, I'm just going to put that one out there. Well, regardless, <laughs> we're not going to go. We're not going to go into a deep dive on how attractive I think Gronkowski is. Good, but um, they're just all looking fly, and it's basically my man fantasy to join them on a Kentucky Derby excursion of betting and drinking and just dressing in great pastel suits. We know if we if we if we make it to be media pundits. We could do that. Yeah, 100%. We will send you, I will on my own dime when I become a multi-billionaire. Yeah. Send you on my own dime and I'll pay them to hang out with you. It works for me, man. I mean, if I could just fulfill my dream of going to the Kentucky Derby with the New England Patriots, I think I'd be a happy man. I think I'd probably just quit this podcast here and now. We're going to do the make-a-wish for 18 and above for just (laughs) stupid, stupid wishes that people have. Yeah. Not like death-defying ones, but just like, I want to hang out with this celebrity at a Kentucky Derby. Yeah, exactly. Done. Yeah, I just need to get cancer. No, no, it's just going to be for people that are like you that just. Oh, want, really? Just, just have random people? people. Okay. We don't need people to get sick. No, no. <laughs> well, we're going to do the make adult make a wish with no sickness involved. The last thing that I'll say about the Kentucky Derby, which is pretty fun, is um, there's an awesome um, piece that was written back in the 1960s or 70s, I believe, by Hunter S. Thompson. Um, he's a guy who did Fear and Loathing on Las Vegas and Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail in 72, which was the, uh, the campaign of Richard Nixon versus George McGovern. Um, a really interesting writer. Um, basically, every stoner in college discovered Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas as movie form. Only a few of them actually go back and read Hunter S. Thompson's work. But he does a fantastic piece about the Kentucky Derby called Fear and Loathing at the Kentucky Derby. And uh, if you were looking for something to read in Derby Weekend that's a little bit more of like a skewed take on the Kentucky Derby, All right. definitely check it out. It's a fun, it's a fun read. It's definitely a little... Um, it kind of takes a whole shot at the elitism of the Derby. and um, what makes it great, though. Yeah, I know. But it kind of looks at the dark underbelly of, like, the brightly colored pastels and the day drinking. It's kind of fun, though. It is. I mean, especially because this is the only time Kentucky's in the spotlight outside of basketball. Yeah. But if you go to the Kentucky Derby, all I've heard outside of just how nice uh, that area is, yeah. once you leave, like, two miles from the Derby... It's gross. It's awful. Yeah. <laughs> just, you're like, where did I get transported to? You, yeah, you've exactly. Gone, you've, like, gone out of nowhere into the uh, slumlords, and it's just not pretty. Cool. So stay within two miles of the Derby. Stay within the Derby, good. Or do what we're all going to do this weekend, and watch it from home, drink what you think are mint juleps, and it's really just going to be a mixture of alcohols, Yeah. and uh, try not to show up on Mother's Day hungover with mom. I think that's a good way to end it, man. So yeah. try to uh, show up on Mother's Day hungover. I think that's what we have to stay on the sports stance. Key message. Um, why don't you go ahead and repeat this media handles one more time, just yeah, so, so everybody's got it. One more time. The, I'll just repeat the three main ones that yeah, we have yeah, at this point. Yeah. So we got Twitter at sports stance underscore. Then we got Vine at the sports stance, and that's also our Instagram. So you know, check us out, follow us. You can tweet at us and give us your stance on different things that we discussed today, or things that you're looking forward to. Um, looking to maybe put out a few things, maybe ask for some stances, maybe get some questions that we could talk about next week. See if you get featured on the Sports Stance Podcast. <laughs> 100%. As always, guys, leave us a nice rating and review on iTunes. It really helps the show out. If you like what you hear, um, retweet us or kind of share the link out with your friends. 
Other than that, we're going to try to come at you a little bit earlier next week because I'm going on vacation, baby. Nice. Episode three, I'm already skipping out of town. Nice. 100%. Where are you going? Seattle. Ooh. Yeah, never You're been. you out with March on. Yeah, 100%. I'm you and March on retired eating Skittles, uh, smoking pot. Um, I don't know about that last part, but uh, it's going to be really fun. So from James and Greg on the Sports Stance, this is us signing off. See you guys next week. See you next week. As always, guys, big stances on sports. Let us know what you're thinking. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye.